Before we share the Lord's Supper together tonight, I would like you to take your Bibles and turn to 2 Peter, 2 Peter chapter 1 and verses 12 through 15. 2 Peter chapter 1 and verses 12 through 15. Much like this morning, uh, in the evening, we are going through the book of 2 Peter, but we've taken a break since the middle of February because of the missions conference and because of Easter. What we have in 2 Peter chapter 1 and verses 12 through 15 is a perfect passage for communion. I wish I could say I planned it this way, but I really didn't. I can't really take any credit for it. It's just the way that it happened to fall in uh, preaching through this book, and, but it falls in a wonderful place. This is what Peter writes. Therefore, I intend always to remind you of these qualities, though you know them and are established in the truth that you have. I think it right, as long as I am in this body, to stir you up by way of reminder, since I know that the putting off of my body will be soon, as our Lord Jesus Christ made clear to me. And I will make every effort so that after my departure you may be able at any time to recall these things. Well, our first point tonight is constant reminders. The Word of God is a masterpiece filled with the divine teaching technique of repetition. We need to know tonight, and it is so important for all of us here, that God has so designed the human mind that it learns best when it is taught and shown something repeatedly. God has so created our minds that we learn best when we are taught and shown something repeatedly. Every pastor, every teacher, and every parent should strive to master the creative use of teaching the same truths over and over again. Think with me tonight. just want you to think about some things with me. The New Testament epistles repeat the same gospel truth. They repeat it in all of its richness, revealing it repeatedly in different terms and analogies. But all of the New Testament epistles are teaching the same gospel truth. They are just teaching it in different ways using different terms and analogies. Think of the synoptic gospels. The synoptic gospels are the three of the four gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. They tell the same story three different ways. Jesus basically repeated the same message in his sermons, parables, and object lessons everywhere he went, exposing his followers to the same truths again and again. Jesus' method of repetition was critical in his training of the Twelve. The messages of the Old Testament prophets are essentially the same as they preach law, judgment, and forgiveness. And think as you read through the Old Testament of the Old Testament festivals. Those festivals were to be repeated every year at the same time, teaching the same truths. So every year the Israelites would go up to Jerusalem and they would celebrate these festivals. Same festivals teaching the same truths every year. The Psalms constantly repeat the attributes and works of God. If you read through the books 
of First and Second Chronicles, you will find that they rehearse or repeat the same material found in First and Second Samuel and First and Second Kings. Deuteronomy chapter 5 is basically a repetition of Exodus chapter 20, as the law is given a second time to prepare the people before they enter into the promised land. Think of the famous Hebrew Shema that is found in Deuteronomy chapter 6. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. You are to impress them on your children. You are to talk about them and when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. You are to tie them as symbols on your hands. You are to bind them on your foreheads. You are to write them on the door frames of your houses and your gates. Repetition, 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 because that is how the human mind learns best. Tonight, we are going to celebrate one of God's most beautiful, constant reminders as we share the Lord's Supper together. Folks, I want you to think tonight the Lord's Supper is brilliant. It is a brilliant technique given to us by God so that we will always remember the Lord's death until he comes. What a tremendous reminder that is built into the very fabric and worship of the church. Every time we take communion, we focus on the word remember. Jesus said, this bread is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. He said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Every time you drink it, do this in remembrance of me. The New Testament Lord's Supper is the fulfillment of the Old Testament Passover feast. In the Old Testament, ever since the book of Exodus, the children of Israel, year after year, in the first month of the year, would celebrate the Passover celebration. And then Jesus became the final Passover lamb, and Passover turned into the Lord's Supper, and we repeat it even more frequently than yearly. We do it as frequently as each New Testament church determines. It is a beautiful, wonderful reminder that is part of our regular worship. Well, our second point is Peter's passionate desire. Peter, as he nears the end of his life, is passionate about establishing the people that he shepherds in the essential truths of the Christian faith. In verses 12 and 13, he writes, Therefore, I intend always to remind you of these qualities, though you know them and are established in the truth that you have. I think it is right, as long as I am in the body, to stir you up, notice, by way of reminder. He says, therefore, I intend always to remind you of these qualities. Now, he goes, I want to keep reminding you of these things. Now, specifically, he is referring to what he has just taught in the first 11 verses. He has taught about the greatness of our salvation and the blessedness of the assurance of our salvation. 
but most writers feel that Peter is referring not just to the first 11 verses, but also to the Old Testament and also to the New Testament letters that were circulating at this particular time. Therefore, I intend always to remind you of these qualities. And then he says this, though you know them and are established in the truth that you have. Peter is not addressing new converts, but mature believers. He says to mature believers, I know that you know these things. I know that you know them and are established in the truth that you have. But I'm going to keep reminding you of them. And what a great reminder to every single person here tonight that we need to hear the same truths over and over again. Never ever come to the point in your life where you think that you've heard it all. When your small group leader or your Sunday school teacher or your outside Bible study leader announces to you that they're doing a particular book of the Bible and you think, oh, I've been through that four or five times, you can never learn it enough. Folks, I don't care how many times you go through various books of the Bible, you can never go through them enough. John MacArthur is fond of saying this, there is no such thing as brand new spiritual truth, only a clearer understanding of timeless truths. There is no such thing as new truth, only a clearer understanding of timeless truths. And that is the role of the church, to keep teaching timeless truths over and over again. Notice the passion that Peter expresses in verse 13. I think it right as long as I am in this body to stir you up by way of reminder. He said, as long as I am in the body or in this body, Basically, what Peter is saying, as long as I have a breath left in this body, as long as I have a breath to breathe, I want to stir you up by way of reminder. Interesting phrase, to stir you up. It means to awaken someone from lethargy. It means to arouse them from slumber or sleep. And many believe that Peter was ever mindful of his own denial of Christ and how easy it is to stray away from that which we know. From what I read this week, Peter is approximately in his early 70s when he writes the book of 2 Peter. It's been 40 years since his denial, or approximately 40 years since his denial of Christ. But it is very likely that he has never, ever forgotten that. He knows what it's like to have been with the Lord, to have seen him, to have touched him, to have been taught by him, and yet to stray away from him. No one knows better how important it is to be taught over and over again than Peter does. Some also believe that Peter may have been ever mindful of the fact that he fell asleep with James and John in the Garden of Gethsemane. And he knows how easy it is to go into a spiritual slumber and sleep and we need to arouse one another to awaken one another to the important truths of the faith over and over again Peter knows that his remaining time on earth is short and he wants to use it as effectively and fruitfully as he possibly can look at verses 14 and 15 since I know that the putting off of my body will be soon as our Lord Jesus Christ made clear to me and I will make every effort so that after my departure you may be able at any time to recall these things. 
since I know that the putting off of my body will be soon. Peter is saying, I know my, my time of death is probably soon, as our Lord Jesus Christ made clear to me. If you're familiar with the Gospel of John in chapter 21, you know that after Jesus' resurrection, he appears to a few of his disciples by the Sea of Tiberias, and one of them is Peter. And there he tells Peter how he is going to die. In John chapter 21, in verses 18 and 19, it says, or Jesus says to Peter, Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands, and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. This he said to show by what kind of death he was to glorify God. And after saying this, he said to him, follow me. According to tradition, Peter was crucified upside down. Many years earlier, Jesus had told him that he would stretch out his hands, that he would glorify God by dying by crucifixion. And as we come to Second Peter, Peter is mindful. He is mindful that the putting off of his body, that his death will be soon, just as Jesus made clear to him. Well, verse 15 is a wonderful summary in three parts of what our goal ought to be as we teach God's word. And I will make every effort so that after my departure, you may be able at any time to recall these things. What a wonderful summary of what we are supposed to be doing in the church and in the family and in every place that we can. First part, I will make every effort. I will do whatever it takes, Peter is saying. Second part, so that after my departure, so that when I'm gone, Third part, you may be able at any time to recall these things. Think about it with me tonight. We are to so teach the truths of God's word with excitement, with joy, but with repetition over and over again to make every effort to teach these truths so that they are so ingrained in our minds and in the minds of those who come behind us, that they may be able at any time to recall these things. Isn't that a great phrase? So that you may be able at any time, at any time to recall these things, so that you will always be able to remember them. Folks, our goal is when we're dead and gone, the next generation or generations after us will still be proclaiming the same exact truths. What a wonderful goal for us. Well, as I close this devotion tonight, two things, two things. Number one, number one, always be humble enough to learn the same truths again and again. Never think that you can't learn again. You need to be and I need to be reminded of even the most basic truths of the Christian faith repeatedly in our lives. Secondly, Never take the Lord's Supper lightly. It is designed by God to teach you again and again and again. Well, at this time...
Trish is going to come, and she's going to sing a beautiful song that goes right along with this tonight, and then we'll share the Lord's Supper together. Trish. <laughs>